The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and today we're going to continue to talk about the skill sets and the ideas and techniques and tactics that can help you to be the best you can possibly be in sales, business, and even life. And today's topic is one of the topics that's essential for any sales or business professional to master. And our title today is The One Essential Skill for Success in Sales and Business. And contrary to popular belief, the best sales and business professionals are not necessarily the ones that have the ability to talk long and talk often. What I found is the most successful sales professionals, really they're the ones that have perfected the skill of trying to understand who their customer is, trying to understand and assess what their customer's needs are. And they do this by asking deep, probing questions to really understand the needs of their customer. The average sales professional talks way too much, especially when they meet the customer for the first time. They invest in too much time trying to share with the customer who they are, how great they are, why they are great, how long they've been great, how long they plan on being great, and who else thinks they're great. And in the meantime, the prospect sits board step, trying to figure out a way to signal their security officer to escort this salesperson or business professional from the building. And that was a book I read a long time ago, and I used to read it every year because it just helped me to remember what was critical to be consistently successful. And it was a book that was written by Dale Carnegie. And the name of the book was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And Dale, in the book, makes it clear that the best way to seem like a great conversationalist is to allow the other person to talk about themselves. They will think that you are the most intelligent and interesting person if you let them talk about themselves or their interests. We talked about this before in our uh, episode on our radio show on networking. In order to get people to, to think you're a good conversationalist, let them talk. They don't want you to come in with your canned sales pitch and the briefcase that's full of brochures that you want to share with them primarily for the purpose of selling them something. What they're looking for is a need satisfier. A need satisfier is someone who leaves behind all of their sales experience with all of the other clients in the same industry of this particular prospect 
at the moment. But before we get to really what a need satisfier is, we want to examine ourselves from a perspective of the other types of sales professionals that's out there. And there's a list, and it's really called the sales impact ladder. So I want you to imagine a ladder or basically some steps that you have to go up. Uh, the lower you are on the rung of the steps, the least effective you are as a sales or business professional when it comes to really assessing the needs of your clients and meeting those needs and then developing customer loyalty as a result. All right? So the higher you are on the, the, the ladder or the steps, the more effective you are. And as a matter of fact, the higher you are, you bring so much added value to that particular customer they literally feel like you're on their payroll. So let's start at the lowest point and the least effective. And as we go through these, you know, just kind of evaluate because it's always good to evaluate, good to self-assess, all right? So the least effective sales professional is the individual we'll call the professional visitor, the professional visitor, Let's talk about that individual for a second. The professional visitor basically is the individual that shows up on a regular basis with no real objective for his, his visit or meeting or call, has no idea what he wants to accomplish, just has a tendency to say, you know, I just happen to be in the neighborhood and I want to stop by and say hi. The professional visitor uh, also has a tendency to... It's uncanny. They have a tendency to have a half dozen donuts or bagels with them at any given time. And they believe if they show up enough, they're going to get some business. It's like the customer is going to say, oh, my goodness, congratulations. It's only April, and you've stopped by our business 80 to 80 times already this year. Congratulations. We're going to give you this order. And it's a nominal order. It's something that's probably ridiculous. If you sell widgets, we're going to give you this order of two widgets. Good job. We're going to give you this order of three conference room chairs. Congratulations. Now, the question is, does a, a professional visitor make money? Uh, yes, very little. And I'm from Georgia. And we have a quote, a saying in Georgia, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then. So, yes, they can make sales, but they aren't very profitable sales. So that's the professional visitor. That's the first individual on the lowest rung of the steps. And then we have the price seller. The price seller is the individual who believes you win or lose every opportunity based on price. So they're always trying to get in, and all they talk about is price. I have a low price, so I can get you a real good deal. And, and in my research and in talking to top-level executives and talking to even people in procurement, what they've shared with me is uh, in the majority of instances, the primary decision is not really based on price. But that's what they have a tendency to tell the people who lose the opportunity. Because if they tell you that it's based on price, then you don't feel as bad because, hey, that didn't have anything to do with you. You tried to get the boss to allow you to sell it for less, but the boss didn't allow that. 
if they tell you that it's based on price, you don't have to examine yourself and say, okay, what happened here? What role did I have in that? Okay, what can I learn from this? No, it was based on price. And I want to share a story with you because, uh, and this will kind of also identify the fact of what I'm saying, that it's normally not based on price, but they tell the losers that it, it is. I had a, a, an individual that I trained, and he was pursuing an opportunity in New York City. And one of the things you've probably heard me say before is I recommend when you're pursuing an opportunity, if at all possible, try to find what we call a coach, someone who wants to help you. They have information and insight into that organization or into the people that make the decisions in that organization. And they want to help you. Not for any monetary purpose. They just want to help you. All right? So this guy's coach told him, uh, that the CEO of this company really liked Falcon Jets. Apparently, the CEO's father worked for the Falcon Jet Company, and he never ever got a chance to, to fly on one of the jets. Well, what the sales professional did was he bought a $20 cap that had the Falcon uh, logo on it, and he sent it to the CEO, and... He sent a note that said, hey, it's come to my attention that you have an admiration for Falcon Jets as I do for Jets. Please wear this cap with my compliments. Well, as time goes on and fate would have it, the decision makers for the company ultimately came to the CEO with their recommendation. And they came with two companies they felt would serve them well. And they said, hey, we feel either one of these companies would do a good job for us. The CEO said to them, uh, well, which one sent me the cap? Which one sent me the cap? Now, please understand that it was not a $20 cap that ultimately made the decision. I'm an executive and the CEO of my company, and I have quite a few colleagues who are executives and a multitude of clients. So I understand how they think. It was not the $20 cap. It was the attention to detail that the $20 cap represented. And that executive was saying, you know what, someone has this type of attention to detail. This is the person I want overseeing my project. This is the person I want working with me and helping me grow my company. But they told the people who lost that it was the price, all right? So we have the professional visitor, then you go up the rung one step, and then you have the price seller. And then the next individual that you have would be what we call the content teller, the content teller. This person has read all of the periodicals. They've read all of the manuals. They've read all of the sales books. So when they come in to speak with a customer, they show up and they throw up all over the customer with all of this knowledge. I guess their thought is, why take the time to get all of this knowledge if I can't spew it on everyone I come in contact with? And contrary to popular belief, that's not the direction we want to go. We don't want to just show up with a bunch of brochures where we have a satchel on each hip, right? 
and then we look, act like we are a, a cowboy, and we just start slinging brochures at the individual, thinking one of the brochures is going to hit that client, a prospect, and and they're going to say, this one that you just hit me with, tell me about that. You know, what we truly want to do is we want to be a need satisfier. And really and truly, my preference, when you meet especially a client for the first time or prospect for the first time, that you literally bring no brochures, no marketing material, no literature. The best thing you could possibly do is bring a blank pad and a pen and invest time with that particular individual asking what we call deep probing questions to really understand the direction they want to take their company, the goals they have for that company, as well as any issues that could hinder their long-term success. Then once we are, we gather this information, instead of trying to go through our menu of products or services, once we're clear on what's important to them, then all we have to do from that standpoint is identify the things from our menu that will help them accomplish their specific goals. So that's what a need satisfier does. We're not focused about on ourselves. As a matter of fact, we realize as a need satisfier, the only way for us to get paid is to first meet the needs of this particular client and to meet those needs better than anyone else. Okay, so... We're going to continue this conversation when we come back from a short break. And it's time for us to take that break now. And this is Ty Maynard. And you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. 
If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and today we're talking about the essential skill that's necessary to be successful consistently in sales, business, and I will say even life. And that is the the desire to ask better questions, to probe, to really understand What's going on with the individuals around us, be it customers, be it employees, even be it people in our personal relationships? Okay, so we were talking about being a need satisfier, and we identified that a need satisfier is someone that leaves behind all of their expertise, all of their experience and knowledge with other clients that may even be in the same industry of the prospect or person that you're talking to at that particular time. As a matter of fact, you want to eliminate all preconceived notions of what you think this client will need and what you would like to sell them. It's not about you. This sales professional literally goes into the call with an open mind. And the need satisfier is basically like a doctor. And the prospect is like the patient's. So let's pretend for a moment. Let's 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 do this. Let's talk about a doctor and what really goes on with a doctor. Uh, I'm going to give you a scenario that's probably you probably pretty unique for you. But let's say for a moment you had to go to a, the doctor's office, and the usual procedure is when you go in, they give you five to six pages of information to find that find out key information about you. They ask you information about yourself. They ask you information about your mama, your grandmama, they're trying to find out family history, okay, uh, predictive indicators of things that could happen with you. After you fill out all that paper, then they do the weight, and they put us on these scales that's always five to seven pounds heavier. And I don't know why they buy these scales, but they need to do something about it because it's just plain wrong. And then they do the blood pressure, right? And then at some point, imagine this doctor walking in, and he says to you, and by the way, this doctor is pushing a cart full of medicine, all right? And then he shakes your hand. He says, hi, my name is Dr. Quack, and, you know, Ty, I've been in this community now for 15 years, and I've serviced over 15,000 families, and as you notice, I have a cart with me. On this cart is many of the medicines that's helped these families over the years. And Ty, I'm going to point these medicines out to you. And as I point them out to you and tell you their name, you pick the one you think would best serve you and help you feel better. Now, the majority of us would be startled, even frightened, if a doctor did that. Now, there are some people who are listening who may just like random drugs, and that might appeal to them, but I think for the majority of us, we would be concerned if a doctor, not even really understanding why we came in or what's going on with us, 
would just let us pick the, the medicine that we think would help us. We would think that person was crazy. And I have to tell you, the average client thinks that we are crazy. When we walk in, we haven't even spoken to them for five minutes yet, but we already think we know what their needs are and darn it, what we're going to sell them, and they're going to like it. That's insanity. In reality, what the average doctor does, first of all, they do the same thing where they do. you have to do the paperwork, and then um, you do the vital statistics, the weight, the blood pressure, and then the doctor walks in. And the doctor has a tendency instead to just start asking you some questions. Questions. How are you today? You know, what seems to be the problem? What brought you in today? Huh. You say you feel dizzy. Tell me more about that in your own words, what the dizziness feels like. When does this dizziness normally occur? Really, how often does it occur? How long does it last? What other symptoms have you experienced? So the doctor is going to ask a myriad of questions. And... Basically, they may also even perform some additional exams, prodding, poking you, listening to your heartbeat. They may even prescribe some tests. Now, after they've done all of these things, most of us are more willing to accept their diagnosis of what's going on with us. And I have to tell you, it will be the exact same way with your customers. If we, instead of coming in with a preconceived notion of what we think they need, if we're willing to ask questions and not make any assumptions, because we all have heard the saying of what happens when we assume, if we're willing to to do the, the, the diligence and ask the questions, I think they'll be more willing to accept whatever it is you propose based on what you've assessed their needs to be, okay? I have a saying. We have to really understand things from the client's perspective. And I have a poem that I recite that I came up with, and I call it the John Smith poem. And it basically goes like this. In order to sell John Smith what John Smith buys, we must first see John Smith through John Smith's eyes. So in order to sell John Smith with John Smith buys, we must first see John Smith through John Smith's eyes, not my eyes, not my boss's eyes, not my company's eyes, through their eyes. I also came up with a rap version, and it goes like this. In order to sell John Smith with John Smith uses, you must first put yourself in John Smith's shoes. I know that's some weak rhyming, but I think you get the picture. We really need to understand the client from their perspective and not have preconceived notions. Now, I'm going to share a story with you, and then when we come back from the next break, we're going to start talking about some of the, the details of probing and the different types of questions to help us get the information we need, all right, because... We have to stop using our personal filters or our preconceived notions. It's interesting because I have an exercise. I'm, I'm currently training in the Midwest, and I have an exercise that I, I do sometimes with my, my class. And I mentioned the fact of me wanting to do something with my two little ones. 
And when I asked them what they thought my two little ones were, they automatically assumed children. Instead of saying, you know, two little ones, that can mean different things. What do you mean when you say two little ones? Actually, I was referring to dogs. Okay? So we have to be mindful of using our filters. But let me share this story with you. Uh, it, was, it was several years ago. I experienced a sharp pain in my chest, and it basically hurt every time I inhaled. And the experience that I was currently having reminded me of a situation that I was in several years before that. And the, the, the situation before was called pleurisy, and basically that's an inflammation of the lining of the lungs. And every time you breathe, it's hurt as though somebody was stabbing you in the chest with a knife. Well, me thinking I knew what was going on, I called the doctor and uh, spoke to the nurse, and I explained to them that I thought I had pleurisy again, so instead of me having to just come into the doctor, if they could just go ahead and send in a prescription for the pleurisy, that would just help me cure the illness, save all of us a bunch of time, uh, the doctor refused to send in a prescription until he physically examined me. I was a little perturbed at him because I thought he was wasting my time, and I knew that my diagnosis of my problem was accurate. Nevertheless, I made the appointment and went to see the doctor. During my examination, the doctor ran some tests, uh, EKG, and he asked me a bunch of questions and did a whole lot of probing and poking and basically, his diagnosis was different from mine. He determined that I had pulled a muscle in my chest. And every time I inhaled, the muscle being tight and contracted was forced to stretch. Therefore, it was causing me the pain. Amazingly, the symptoms of pleurisy and the symptoms of the pulled muscle were exactly the same. However, the cures were totally different. You see, with the pleurisy... I needed an anti-inflammatory medicine. And with the pulled muscle, I needed a prescription for a muscle relaxer. Fortunately, the doctor did not trust my diagnosis. My solution would not have solved the problem. I would have still been in pain. You know, and I guess the question is how many times do you provide or have you provided the wrong solution to a customer because they believed they knew what they needed for themselves. And as a result, instead of asking any questions, you said, okay, that's what you need. Okay, I'll sell it to you. Instead of asking the question, why do you feel you need that? What's going on in your business right now that prompts you to think that is the solution? You know, so ultimately, you're still held, you're still held responsible for the wrong decision they made, although you provided them exactly what they wanted. And candidly, you should be held responsible because you're the expert. You're the professional. Therefore, you must not only get or pay attention to the symptoms, but you have to also dig deeper to get to the real need that's actually causing the symptoms. We have to understand that the cost is just a symptom of something deeper. But many cases, we don't look at what's actually causing the cough. A cough is a symptom, but a cough can be a symptom of a cold, uh, pneumonia, 
tuberculosis, lung cancer. So if we give them something to solve the cough, we haven't solved the real problem. But understand, if we solve the real problem, the cough also goes away with it. So we're getting close to the time for another break. But when we come back from the break, what we're going to do now is start talking about how do we probe to really understand the needs of our customer? What are some questions we can ask consistently that will help us better serve them because we really understand who they are, what they're looking to accomplish now in long term? And if the time is going by fast again, it's time for us to take a short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and we're talking about today the essential skill that's necessary to be successful consistently in sales, business, and life. 
And really that is the, the skill of asking questions to better understand what's going on with your prospects and with your customers. And, you know, there's a rule that I have, and basically it's never tell someone what you can ask them. Never tell someone what you can ask them because if you tell them, their thought is, yeah, you're saying that because you want to sell me something. You're supposed to say that. You're a salesperson. You're a business owner. But if we get them to say it, then it's true and they believe it. All right? Uh, and I give an example of that. And then we're going to talk about some questions that you can ask to really understand the needs of your clients. But I had a client that uh, purchased another company, and basically I saw that as an opportunity for me to help him again, and we can help each other. Okay, I can train his people, and they can get the skill sets necessary to be successful, and it can also help him grow his business. So uh, I called him in, in August of a certain year, and we started having dialogue, and right around October, the client said to me, he said, Ty, you know, I've just invested too much money with this, this new company now, and I need to make a profit before uh, I can invest in the training. It's October now. Give me a call in July of the following year, and we'll talk about scheduling training for them. And I'll, I'll change the name. I'll say, uh, Mark, if that's what you want me to do, that's what I'll do. I said, now, I just want to be clear on something first. I say, you send all of your uh, sales professionals to my fast-track sales camp. He said, yes. And I said, why do you do that? He said, well, because when they come back, they hit the ground running, uh, they're fully trained, and they make money for me and for themselves. And I said, okay. I said, Mark, you mind if I ask why you're willing to allow your new employees to wait another seven months before you give them those same skills? to make money for you, help you get a quicker return on your investment, and make money for themselves. And he got silent. And then he said to me, what do you recommend? I say, I recommend we get them trained and developed as quickly as possible so you can start getting a quicker return on your investment and they can start making money and start feeling good about the new company that they work for. And as a result of the questions that I asked him that made him rethink, I didn't tell him, oh, listen, you really need to get them trained and developed now. Now is the time, and, you know, it can help them. I just asked a question that helped him to process it. And as a result of the question that I asked him, the first training started in November, then there was another session in January, then in March, then in May. They were trained four times before July, which is what he recommended I call him at. And that was beneficial to him. It was beneficial to those individuals, his employees, and it was also beneficial to my company. And, and this is what I, I want you to understand. The focus is we, if we make a difference, and if that's our focus with our customers, making a difference, the dollars always follow making the difference. But too many times we're focused on the dollars and not the difference. So 
I ask some simple questions. So let's talk about questioning. What's the objective of questioning? Primarily, the, the objective of questioning is to gather relevant information. Information is relevant to who? Well, really, it's relevant to the customer, the prospect. It's all about them. Understand that. I may have said this before, but all decision makers, all customers, all of them listen to the same radio station. They tune into it 24 hours a day, and that's WIIFM. What's in it for me? So we want to build, gather relevant information as to them, their concerns, and how we can assist them. And we also want to build a clear, complete, and a mutual understanding of that customer's needs from their perspective. Now, clear, complete, and mutual have three distinct definitions, and we're going to talk about them. To build a clear understanding, there are two questions I believe you need to ask regarding every need you uncover regarding that customer. So if the customer says to you, you know, I'm looking for flexibility in my, my, my workplace. I'm looking for flexibility in my workplace. The two questions you want to ask are what and why. What and why. You know, Mr. Prospect, you said you're looking for flexibility in your workplace, and that can mean different things to different people. So when you say flexibility, specifically what do you mean by that? And listen, take notes, listen to understand from their perspective what they mean. And once they've answered, they'll tell you. And then the next question you want to ask is, and why is that so important now in the history of your organization? that you have this type of flexibility. Why is it so important now? What do you mean by that? And why is that so important? And be careful using your filters and assuming what you think they mean because I promise you nine times out of ten, you'll be wrong. And then you'll provide the wrong solution for their needs. And this is relative to even personal relationships. If someone says, uh, a girlfriend you're dating or whatever says, I... I really need security. What do you mean by security? So for one individual, it may mean, hey, listen, I want to know that you're never going to leave me. For the next, if you ask, it may mean, I want to know that you're going to be able to take care of me if we get married and I won't have to work. So we need to make sure we understand from their perspective. But what happens a lot of times in, in my classes you know, I have people that I'm working with who have been in the uh, profession anywhere from 5 years, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, and sometimes I hear, well, excuse me, Ty, but, you know, I've been in this profession now for 30 years, and based on my boss, boss, boss experience, Ty, I have seen it all, I've heard it all, and I've done it all. So when someone says to me, flexibility, I think I should already know what it means and why it's so important to them, Ty. And all I know is this, if we don't hear it from their lips, we are assuming. And assuming is one of the most dangerous things you can do, especially when your livelihood is dependent on it. All right? So we want to build a clear, complete understanding. And two primary questions we ask is what? So if they say, well, I'm looking for my employees to collaborate more. We're going to say, what do you mean by collaborate more between your employees? Okay. 
And why is that so important now? Now. Why is that so important now? And another question I really like to ask is what I would call an effects question or an impact question. And I'll ask, so let me ask you, what do you think would be the impact on your company if your employees weren't able to collaborate more? What would be the effect? What would be the consequences? What would be the ramifications? Use any of those words, but the outcome is the same. And if you were with me whenever I was, you know, talking to a prospect or a client, if I was to ask 10 impact questions, I would say eight of them, seven to eight of them would have negative consequences, negative impacts if they don't accomplish it. And and the reason behind that is I understand human nature. And we as human beings, we're really interested because we will respond quicker to the loss, to, to the loss of, uh, to the fear of loss or pain than we will to the possibility of gain. We as human beings will respond quicker to the fear of loss or pain than we will the possibility of gain. So I don't want to know what positive thing is going to happen if they accomplish the goal. I want to know what negative thing they're trying their best to avoid if it doesn't work out. And I'll give an example of, of how we are as human beings. Suppose for a moment I went to the doctor and the doctor said, hey, Ty, you know, we, we did the blood test and we, we did the stress test and I have some recommendations for you. Ty, uh, I'm going to recommend that you start going to bed every night by 10 p.m. I'm going to recommend that you get good cardiovascular workouts at least 30 minutes, three times a week, work your heart, and that you start eating two balanced meals twice a day. Because, Ty, if you do that, you're going to live longer, you're going to have a a healthier life, a happier life, and a better quality of life. Now, this person just pointed out all of these great things to me that if I do the right things, these are the outcomes I get, and I may do none of them. Or the doctor might say to me, Ty, you know, we did the blood test, stress test, and I have some recommendations for you. I want to recommend that you start eating two balanced meals per day. I want to recommend that you start working out three times a week, cardiovascular, get your heart pumping uh, 30 minutes, three times a week. And I also want to recommend that you get to sleep by 10, get to bed by 10 o'clock so you can get plenty of rest every night. Because, Ty, if you don't do these things, Ty, you will be dead in nine months. Do you know what I'll be out doing the next day? I'll be out buying celery. I'll be out buying bell peppers and, and all kind of healthy things. You'll see me out the next morning jogging in my new outfit for jogging. And I'm doing these things because now I understand that there's going to be a price I'm going to pay that's going to be painful if I don't. So that's why I ask the impact questions. I want to know what's going to happen if they don't improve the flexibility in their workplace. I want to know what's going to happen if they don't 
allow their employees to collaborate more. I want to know what's going to happen if they don't uh, reduce turnover, if they don't uh, minimize absenteeism. Because there are three primary things that top executives, business owners are concerned about. Profitability, performance, and perception. And anything that can impact those three things is a concern and they will do whatever it takes to eliminate those situations. All right? So we're talking about the one essential skill that's necessary to be successful consistently in sales, business, and even life. And we're going to take another short break, our final break. And this is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard, and we're on the Voice America Business Channel. I'll talk to you on the other side of the break. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network if you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more tune in to emerging and frontier markets investing with gavin graham Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Manor. And the time flies by so fast on this show. I'm having a ball. And we're talking about one of the most important skill sets that's necessary to be successful in sales, business, and life. And that's the ability to probe, to ask deep probing questions. And we were just talking about the objectives of questioning. One is to gather relevant information. And I was talking earlier, and I say you really also want to question 
to build a clear, complete, mutual understanding of the customer's needs. We're saying that to build a clear understanding, we want to ask the what and the why, and we want to ask about what consequence would happen if they don't accomplish it. And I also mentioned you want to build a complete understanding of that client's needs. And complete understanding basically means that you uncover all of the needs that's important to them. Uh, amazingly, a lot of times I hear a sales professional or a business owner say, uh, you know, give me, and they're talking to a client or a prospect, they say, give me your three most important needs. You know, just give me your top three. Well, suppose for a moment you're just asking for the top three, but they have seven needs they feel are really critical to them. You have just shortchanged yourself, and you've also minimized your ability to completely meet the needs of that customer. So I ask for all of the needs, all of them. And then I also ask for them to prioritize the needs. Give me, you've given me six needs. Place these in priority of importance, please. And, you know, it's interesting because I've had people say, well, Ty, I don't understand why you want the priority. I mean, you, you already got the needs. You're going to cover all the needs. Well, Yes and no, not necessarily, because suppose for a moment I uncovered six needs and I agree to, uh, I get the, the prospect or the customer to agree to a presentation. They're giving me an, uh, an hour for the presentation to cover, talk about how I'm going to address their six needs. Now, I run out of time and I only get to cover four needs. And But little did I know that the last two needs were the most important. And that happened as a result of me not prioritizing, getting them to prioritize the needs. So they walk away from my presentation thinking he doesn't get it. He really can't help us with what's most important to our company. Let's, let's continue to look for someone that can help us. All right, so they go to someone else who gets all six needs, but they also get the priority of the needs. So they start their presentation with the most important need, working their way down to the least important need. They had an hour, but they also run out of time. So they missed covering the two least important of the needs. And the client walks away from their presentation thinking, okay, they get it. They understood us. They can, un they can handle the four most important needs. So they probably can handle the other two as well. Let's go with them. So not only is it important that we uncover all of the needs, stop saying give me your two most important or your three, uncover everything that's important to them, all right, and then also get the priority. And last but not least, we really want to build a mutual understanding of what's important to that person, a mutual understanding of the client's needs. And that basically means that my understanding of what's important to them and their understanding of what's important to them is identical. Not similar, not in the same ballpark, not close. My understanding of what that customer is looking for and their understanding has to be identical. And, you know, I'm doing a training class right now, and we did an exercise the other day when I was trying to explain this, and I explained to them, I said, I'm going to make a statement. And what I want you to do is, visually picture this statement with your mind's eye as graphically as you possibly can. And I just made a simple statement. And I said, 
this is the statement, the duck is ready to eat. The duck is ready to eat. And then I went around the room and I asked my audience, I said, what did you envision just now when I said the duck is ready to eat? I had one person that said, I saw Donald Duck sitting at a table with a handkerchief around his neck, and he had a knife in one hand, a fork in the other hand, and he was ready to eat. The next person said, I saw my pet duck from when I was a child. He was sitting by his bowl waiting for us to bring some food and put it in the bowl for him to eat. I said, what color was the duck? He was white. But we know uh, Donald Duck, I think, is, uh, no, Daffy Duck is black. And then somebody said, well, my duck, he was in the water, and he was swimming around, dipping his beak down, trying to catch a fish. I said, what color was that duck? They said, well, he was a mallard. I said, okay. The next person, they said, well, the duck I saw was brown. And the reason it was brown was because it was coming out of the oven, and it was a nice roasted brown. So... It was amazing. I said one statement, but left to our own devices, everybody had their own interpretation of what I was looking for. And I got to tell you, at the time, it was just before lunch, so that brown roasted duck sounded pretty good to me. As a matter of fact, they need to throw some orange glaze to the side of it, and that would be perfect. So we want to make sure we understand things from the customer's perspective, not our perspective. And, boy, that's, that's so much I already see now. I'm going to have to have a whole other segment on this because the time is running by, and we're going to have to start coming to a close. But I just want to also let you know, by the way, that my organization has just, instrument, just uh, introduced a tool designed to help you with some of the things that we're talking about right now uh, it's a, it's an app for the iPad, and we're working on something for some of the other tablets right now. But it's a really awesome app to help you quickly get to the essence of what's important to your customer now and long term for their organization, and it's called the Quest Deck Discovery System. It's an app, and it is really cool. Uh, it is spelled Q U E S T, just like you in questioning. Q-U-E-S-T-D, as in dog, E-C-K, dot com. Check out the website. Look at the video to see how it works. And I think you also agree it will be able to help you in fully understanding what's going on with your, with your customers, your clients. Uh, it's a great tool. And once again, we're going to continue this, and we're going to talk about uh, some more thoughts and, and techniques on probing, and uh, probably need to talk about the other side of the coin as well, which is listening. You can ask the best questions in the world, but if you don't listen to what the customer's saying, asking the questions was moot. It was, it was a waste of time. And we're going to also talk about how to listen, because there are two types of ways to listen. You can listen to understand that's really what we should be doing, or you can listen to respond. And I promise you listening to respond will get you in trouble every time. So our time is up again. I thank you for tuning in to today and listening. Please continue to tell others about the show, and I thank you for 
those of you who are listening in the United States and from all around the world. We have people listening from China and the United Kingdom and Argentina and Costa Rica, uh, Vietnam, everywhere, Mexico. So thank you and tell others because, again, our goal is to make a difference. It's to help you to be the best you can possibly be to provide a, a legacy for your children and your grandchildren by being more effective in sales, business, and even life. So I look forward to speaking to you again next week. But in the meantime, in the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something.